0: Good evening, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Sporting Limerick Soccer Podcast uh, with two grinning O'Connors uh, here waiting to do battle again this evening. Um, firstly Noel, I suppose, before we start on anything else, we'll, we'll go back uh, briefly to last week's game uh, against UCD. Three-two defeat for Treaty. The first defeat of the season. We knew the the unbeaten run could uh, could never keep going forever, and it was just that game too far, like like you predicted actually last week.
1: Yeah, I suppose I was worried about the uh, the people who were missing. I thought that they were going to be a big loss. And funny, you know, the first thirty-five or forty minutes they weren't a loss at all, and a great start by uh, by Treaty. They were in dreamland, really. You know, being 2 up. Um, a kind of naive penalty given away by UCD and a uh, fantastic goal um, by Ray O'Hanlon. so um, things look really good I, I think if they got to that half time if they got in with the 2-0 they certainly had a great chance of coming out with a result it was, it, you know, you, you do hear it and it is a bit of a cliche but you know, just concede a minute before half time and it wasn't that you know that they'd been under sustained pressure or anything it, it was kind of like a breakaway more than anything at that stage. Um, a great breakdown. They're right inside and quick ball inside. I, I don't. There just seemed to be a lot of gaps in there which we hadn't seen before. Which you know we'd probably be inclined to put down to the fact that uh, the two usual suspects, O'Donnell and Shane Gearns, weren't there, and uh, it was a different dressing room then at halftime. Certainly for UCD, they they really hadn't played well at all in the first half. Yet they were only um, a goal behind.
0: Yeah, and Jason and Noel obviously makes the, uh, an obvious point of the the fact that when you're missing your two centre backs who've been your star players, and then you have obviously Mark Walsh missing as well, which meant you had to reshuffle massively with the team. Uh, a couple of players playing maybe in, in their weaker of their two or three alternative positions. Uh, it was a big, but you'll still be no matter how no matter what circumstances are to go two up in the first half. You'd obviously still be very disappointed to come out with absolutely nothing at all.
2: Well, you would, Adrian. There's no doubt. Look, Noel is spot on. You know, he, he said it last week that the players that were going to be missing couldn't really be replaced that easily. And that's the way it panned out over 90 minutes. But you rightly said it's in cruise control, probably for 40 minutes. And it's that goal by Derek Keane on 43, 44 minutes just before half time that swings it, as Noel said. And I felt myself the treaty just switched off, you know, just for that five minutes. I know it was a good bit of play by by UCD down the right. Whelan was involved, obviously, but if you look at it back, the ball comes across and, and Charlie Fleming's body shape is all wrong. He's facing the ball. His body shape is closed. So obviously you can't see Keane coming in on the blind side of him. And and it's a goal that that changes it. It does. But but for me, Adrian, we know Mark Walsh, big loss. I thought Callum Atnamara did really, really well in the middle of the park. But you look at Jack Lynch and you look at Clyde and you kind of wonder now, I know yourself and Noel but kind of suggesting Jack might be a centre-back long-term at the moment. It's a it's a worry, I suppose, for Treaty because what they looked like to me was two centre-mids playing centre-back. They were looking to play, looking to play out, looking to play passes into the middle of the field. And that's something that we haven't seen from Treaty so far this season. Genome you know when Anto O'Donnell is in there and Sean Gearns is in there, they're natural defenders and they want to defend they're not interested in playing little balls into the middle of the field. And, and that's where I felt in the second half that it slipped away from Treaty Adrian.
0: Yeah, and just before we move on to the, the next week at hand with Athlone Town, uh, Noel, obviously the Evan Weir tackle was spoken about uh, throughout the weekend. Uh, as it turned out, I didn't have a great view at that time, even though it did seem to be well out of control, even on the other side of the pitch. But to see it back now and see the pitchers uh, back it was it was so red card really and um, when I put that to Tommy that you know maybe it's been two weeks in a row now he obviously had the, the Michael Michael O'Connor incident week four, I have to say uh, credit where credit's due he didn't want to play the poor me and the poor us card which is obviously important as well but you know it's obviously frustrating that two weeks in a row because in that game Noel Evan Weir is sent off you're two 0 up that's surely game over regardless of how energetic you see are
1: yeah I agree with that and you know it's back to maybe what we said about you know your your reputation. Um, if that was a treaty player who made the same tackle with what had happened in the first few games of the season, you know, you'd really be sure that it was going to be a, a straight red. But again, it's back to the referees, not, you know, maybe knowing the rules but not understanding the game as such, having not played it, not, not knowing really what a bad tackle is or, you know, if a guy makes contact with the ball first, all these things. It seems to be getting worse and worse. You know, it's it seems to be the refereeing out of the book, if you like, but they don't kind of understand the, the nuances of, of, of the game. But certainly, to me, it was a red card.
0: Yeah, certainly. And now we have the, Jason, the Athlone Town uh, visit this Friday night. Athlone have derailed slightly, obviously they had a blister and start, four wins and a draw in their first five, they've obviously lost their last two against two Dublin outfits in, in Cavantilly and Shelburne, and obviously Treaty are without a win in two games as well, so you're looking at it now, and, and obviously it's it's a big game, because I, I put it to Tommy, and he was kind of reluctant, Jason to, to say it, but you know a three-point swing, both sides are in the playoffs, but a three-point swing to bring you closer to Athlone and bring you into maybe the top three, surely that starts giving you the belief with Treaty that you know, you, and a, ten, that a playoff place is an attainable achievement surely
2: Well it does Adrian but look we saw last week when your body's missing you know and you're trying to bring lads in and the standard just isn't there like at the moment last week really showed for me I suppose the the lack of depth in the squad you know especially at the centre back position and I suppose Tommy's aware of that you know and, and they're probably overachieving but I'd have to agree with yourself they're taking it game by game if not to be afraid of that loan, we kind of touched on in pre-season our own reservations about them and, and the players they assembled. They made a very good start to the season. But as you said, two defeats in the last two games, they be a little shy of confidence. If obviously Anto O'Donnell is back and Sean Gearns is back into the back four, you'd fancy treated to make it difficult for them. But we can't, at expectations, I suppose, get too far away from us. And, and the gap below treaty with the teams below them is closing week by week Andrew, Yeah, certainly. Spoke spoken like a true manager, I
0: suppose, in your in yourself playing it down. But uh yeah, I know it's 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 true what Jason says though. No, there is reservations. He did mention about obviously, you know, the two lads had to fill in a centre back last week and just didn't it didn't look like a natural partnership as, as such. But we'll say up up front and in the attacking area of the field is actually where we might struggle the most because I know we take things with a pinch of salt that a camp says to you before the game, but we do have a lot of uh, doubts uh, coming our way. Kieran Hanlon was uh, came off; had a groin injury. He was limping after the game a bit. Um, you know, you've got Alan Murphy. He's been asked to do a job on the wing. You know, he's actually a natural left back, as such from from what we know. Um, you know, you you would have that worry, I suppose, now that the injuries and the doubts maybe are starting to 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 mount. That you know, the the depth probably just isn't there, and, and they're probably fully aware fully aware of that, to be fair.
1: Yeah, I suppose it's not all bad in that. Well, Antio O'Donnell will be back. He's served a suspension a automatic one, so we expect him to come back before maybe he misses a game further down the line. Um, as far as I know, Shane Gearns played uh, a pull-part in train last night, so I'd expect those two back. Um, Joel Costrain who seems to prefer playing playing home games than, than away games, I think there's a good chance that, that he'll play as well. And I thought Dean George did well in fairness to him. Um, on the left, for you know, for a lot of the game. So I did see Kieran Hanlon struggling at the end. I'm I'm not sure how he will be, but you know, maybe Dean George could slip in there, like because we're all kind of mad to see him up there. And uh, Ma- our McEvitt has never let us down coming on, and you know, it might be a, a, a night to spring him from the start as well, because he must be chomping at the bit you now to you know to start the game. But uh, I I think there, I think it is a big game. Um, they, they may not be saying it for both teams and uh, a, a third defeat on the bounce for Atlone would certainly be bad news I think Treaty would be disappointed I'm, I'm sure they feel confident enough playing at loan. haven't done so well against them even though it feels a long time away now you know the preseason, but still psychologically they'll think that uh, that they have a good chance and they'll want to bounce back as well and it, it'll probably be more like the old Treaty if you like even though When I say that, you know, the Treaty from a couple of games ago. I also watched the highlights of uh, Atlone and and Shelburne. I know they were only the highlights, but I thought Shelburne totally dominated them, um, created loads and loads of chances. And they certainly looked like they were way more dominant against Atlone than they had been against Treaty the previous week. It might count for nothing, but uh, I'm sure deep down probably both camps, they wouldn't mind a draw. Um, just to stop the rot a little bit and, you know, just to keep the, you know, the positive vibes going. I, I You know, I think if, if there's a draw there, neither team will be devastated by it.
0: Yeah, that's, that's probably true. Uh, Jason Noel made a good point at the start of, of his piece there that Dean George uh, played quite well on the left-hand side of a front three. That's something we were were crying out for as such because we knew that Matt, Mac, Matt sorry, Matt Keane and Edward McCarthy were playing well out of position. Although in particular Ed McCarthy has, has looked lively in, in the last couple of weeks. Uh but that is is a further option now for Tommy. He was really lively in, in his, particularly in that
2: first period last week. He was Adrian He kind of stuck out that we had an option in behind now on that side. You know, and you rightly said that Matt Keane and Ed, and Ed McCarthy, well, they'll do a good job for you. And that's exactly what they're doing is a job in there because they're out of position in the wide areas. If you can get Joel on the pitch and now Dean George as well. And I was speaking to Karen Hanlon yesterday. He is feeling his groin, but he hopes to play. He's he's mad to play, obviously, because the goal has now started flowing for him. You know, If you could keep that as your front three, we, we know what Max Sweeney is capable of, there's no doubt about that. Do you know, and, and once I'd an agree with Noel that Shelburne were good value for the win against that loan. From an attacking point of view, there's a huge difference in treaty, I suppose, and and Shelburne. But I'd like to see what Noel touched on there, the old treaty, if you like. And we might be, you know, a little bit harsh acting or, or talking that way so soon. But I was a little worried towards the end of the game against UCD, you know, it had looks of, of an all-Limerick FC team, a little bit disjointed, trying to play out from the back, stuff breaking down, you know. and I really hope they can reset and get back to what they were doing. Yeah, and Noel, speaking of Athlone, for instance, we had reservations,
0: but we, we knew they'd signed experienced players, but we just didn't know what type of... Of, of what, what quality they get from those experienced players. Like it could be one way or the other. That's been the, the way it's been with those players in, in their previous clubs. Uh, obviously, Killian Campbell before the last two games had got picked up two man the match awards for Athlone. He'd be a solid player at this level, obviously, but it's speaking of up, up front, obviously, Stephen Meany started the season uh, on fire for Athlone. And obviously Adam Wickstead was, was influential as well as like, as well as Curtis Byrne. That's, that's the only fear, I suppose, that if, if those lads uh, do click, they, they definitely can because uh, tree heap trouble, even though tree obviously have a, a quite a stern uh, defensive record.
1: Yeah, of course they can. And look, as you say, and they are kind of named uh, players. It's a real test of character for them now. You know, we, we spoke about momentum and how important momentum is in this league. And you get a couple of wins and everything goes your way. A couple of breaks go your way and it's kind of stopped now. You know, and at Lone will be, you know... They'll have to. Re- they'll probably be thinking very hard about this game, and they'll be term. They'll be determined to get back to that groove that they were in a couple of games ago. And uh, I just feel that with Anto O'Donnell and Shane Gearing's back, that they certainly won't have it their own way. I saw some of the goals they scored, and you know they were running into a- acres of space, particularly the night that uh, they caught Galway with the with the three 0 And I can not see them seeing out that, that kind of space and and time in the ball against Treaty as they would have enjoyed a few games ago against other teams. So uh, I, I think it's going to be, you know, a kind of a guard action um, and it'll be space will be at a premium, certainly for, for the Athlone attack.
0: Yeah, I'd, I'd imagine that would be the approach. Jason, speaking speaking about Athlone, obviously I mentioned maybe a couple of strengths if, if they are to go that way on, on Friday night, but uh, is there anywhere in particular you you feel that Atlone can be exposed from watching from them over the
2: last couple of weeks? I suppose look, Adrian, when you look at Treaty and, and it's okay us looking at other teams playing against at loan, I suppose, and they were a little bit vulnerable down the flanks at times, you know, and while Killian Cantwell was doing well. Mihal Schlingerman also has made a couple of individual errors. So rather than I suppose looking at, at what other teams are doing, Treaty need to focus on themselves, get back to that hard to beat approach and kind of playing on the attack and no one is talking about a draw there for both sides and keep the game scoreless as long as you can, I suppose, uh, from a treaty point of view. And, and you're looking at your set pieces and you're looking at button bodies into the box. But that's kind of the approach, Adrian, you know, treaty aren't the team who can just go all guns blazing, looking at attacking patterns, trying to break teams down, because that won't work for them. It has to be a solid foundation for the back, aggressive in midfield and not overplaying at the back and in midfield. And then obviously using your set pieces, Mark Ludden's long throws to good effect. Yeah, certainly. And and as we already obviously touched on injury
0: doubts and the likes, we're obviously expecting Sean Gearns and Anthony O'Donnell to go straight back in uh, as available. Noel, that would mean, obviously, you'd imagine Clyde O'Connell pushing in next to Callum McNamara on last week's performance in into midfield. And I'd imagine, to be honest, that Jack Lynch would probably get the nod ahead of um, Charlie Fleming because of his performances, to be fair, uh, throughout the season at right back because that was noticeable. Not only are you losing Anthony O'Donnell and Sean Gearns, but as we said, you're then losing Clyde, who has played well in midfield in the week's leading up to it, and Jack from right back. So I'd expect them to be back, revert back to their old positions too, which will strengthen the side.
1: Yeah, I'd agree with that. And I thought, particularly in the second half, Certainly after fifteen or twenty minutes the Charlie Frame was really struggling. Now both sides I thought Mark Ludden had plenty to deal with as well at Lone. Really, they were they were charging down the flanks, you know, relentlessly. They created a lot of chances in that in that second half. And I know Treaty had a chance late on that they hit the ball of the post, but if you went through the chances, they 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 had a one v one with Whelan, who I thought was outstanding, probably the best striker I've seen this year. Um there was the, the free kick on the edge of the box, you know, which could very easily win a penalty. There was definitely one, there was two offsides. I thought one of them was very, very marginal. And uh, I thought he really ran out of steam. Um, Charlie Fleming with about 20 or 25 minutes to go. So I would expect uh, Jack to go back to that um, that right back position.
0: Yeah, and, and in one positive, uh, Jason, it might be quite simplistic, but... It's unlikely for for a while anyway in the season that that treaty, particularly even on Friday night against that loan, it's probably unlikely that they'll come up as against as high a press and in, in, as energetic a team as UCD. To be fair, which is one positive I suppose.
2: Yeah, there's two ways. And, you know, we covered it well. I thought last week. You know, we picked out the Dan's remainder. We picked out. We looked, spoke about Whelan's movement and no one touched on the there. It was very evident last week watching it. You know, and we mentioned Sean Brennan, who, who kind of dictated the play. He sat in in front of, of the back three in the first half, very, very comfortable, as we said, on the ball. And, and the second half, then he popped up on the other side of midfield and and helped himself to a goal. And I'd agree with Noel Whelan, so far, standout striker for me and and UCD by far the best team I've seen, Andrew. Yeah, it's, that's that's certainly uh, the case. If we move on just for,
0: for a few minutes to to the, the situation ongoing. It feels like we're half a Waterford show at the moment because it's been such a soap opera uh, in Waterford and, and we know all about that down here as well. But uh, it's 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 interesting that you Waterford now have, have have informed the FAI that they will not be able to fulfill the fixture against Sligo Rovers due to the, the COVID complications that have arisen. We all know obviously they put out their under nineteens against Strahada got a real hiding seven uh, one there's there's one part of me that I just I'm just the type of person. It's a personal thing. I, I hate walkovers. If there's any way you can avoid them, uh, I, I feel like you're just giving up really easy. But on the other hand, as well, it, it seems to be the case, uh, Noel, that you know, you're asking young players to play Premier Division Earth League two weeks in a row and they haven't been able to train officially until what was it, last week, two weeks ago. It's just it's it's too much of an ask. So I can see both sides of it, but it is a real mess.
1: Yeah, I'd be very disappointed with that. Um I don't know if I was at Waterford 19 and obviously they got a chasing defeat last week, I don't know why they would want to play again. You know, they might never get the opportunity again to play in in, in the Premier League. I'm not so sure who who actually made the decision, but I would I would hope that there it wasn't the the players themselves who didn't want to play because look, it was a great opportunity and sure they got a good beating last week, but maybe they they learned a few things out of it. And while you wouldn't expect them to get a result, Renton. You know, even if they made an improvement from that, you know, you um, it would be a great learning curve for them. So uh, I, I think it's it is poor to see a walkover in uh, you know in the top league in the country for for whatever reason. I know we're in exceptional circumstances, but uh, I would be overall disappointed with that decision. But I was just wondering, has Jason dusted down his uh, CV? And uh, shake the cobwebs off it as the water for job is uh, is up for grabs.
0: Yeah, he said that, uh, Jason. That's true because you did say you have contacts down there. I think it was Martin Dunphy who named dropped last week. Is he is he pushing for you to get the top job?
2: No, he certainly is not, Adrian. My top job is with the FEI, as you know. <laughs> <laughs> he's yeah.
0: As we were uh, as we were discussing, I suppose you wouldn't be able to do it anyway, Jason, with your uh, dual role as the FAO are are hoping to to bring in. Uh, Jason, on in a on a serious note, but where would you come down on that? Because we're always banging on, you know, about people that you know don't have the interest in the electricity league to give it a go. But we just like when when people see things like this happening in the top division, uh, you know, a, a walkover given from a team, it just it doesn't leave a good taste in the mouth,
2: does it? No, listen, it doesn't look good, Adrian. We can't be dressed up any other way, but we are in, in unseen circumstances and have been over the last 12 months. And and you said it there that the 19s officially haven't been back training recently. And we don't know what's going on internally at the club, but from an outside viewpoint, things certainly are not good. And they haven't been for a long time. Um, it'll be interesting to see who steps into the breach there.
0: Yeah, certainly. And it's actually one thing that's interesting. You know, you've had... For now have went for two outside choices in terms of, I know they were Irish internationals, but they didn't know the league very well. Uh, they're from England all. Like, to be honest with you, I, I don't know the statistics off the top of my head, but just looking at it uh, from a, a simplistic point of view, I'm looking to think 90% of them have probably never worked out, even going back as far as the likes of Jeff Kenna to Galway.
1: Yeah, a lot of them haven't. You know, it is, it is certainly easier to pick out the ones that haven't. Um... And, and have I think Sligo had a fairly decent record, you know, a few years ago of of bringing guys in from overseas, but it certainly hasn't uh, worked for Waterford, and that's for sure. So you know, I suppose uh, the names you'll be hearing are probably um, Alan Reynolds. Maybe uh, we heard that he was kind of interested in the job, and I heard I heard today actually that Stephen Henderson, which I was a bit surprised about, um, may well be interested in the job because I do recall him bringing them to court for uh, for money's owed or something. So it would be interesting to see if if, if he went back. But uh, a lot of strange things happen in football.
0: Yeah, it would definitely be interesting to see what, what comes out of that over the next couple of weeks. Jason, when we were predicting the fixture or the results for the fixtures last week, we were speaking about uh, Cork City and Wexford. And, and you mentioned that if there wasn't a positive result for Cork, that you could see a possible first managerial casualty of the season as it turned out it was the opposition who uh parted company with their manager in in Brian O'Sullivan after the game it just obviously they were struggling for for results but they were close. You know, they had a good performance in the Maxfield. They were good in, in Tolka Park. Uh, it would have frustrated them. They, they got off to a bad start with Cavantilly with losing to county. But it seems to be that, you know, the, the, the manner of the two defeats in the last couple of weeks have been the final nail in the coffin, really, for, for both parties.
2: They have, Adrian. Look, as I said over the weeks, so I was speaking to Brian in pre-season. He was hopeful of, um, of a better season ahead. and He was slow to take on the job, I suppose, unless... He felt that way, you know, and he was in two minds. We know at the end of last season whether to continue. And you look at the table, Adrian, and it's tough going. Two goals scored in seven games, you know, and twenty conceded, and and he probably saw no saw no light there, you know. Didn't see any change, so probably an agreement between himself and the club to to just part ways. But but a very very difficult job, as we know, down there, and maybe Noel could be dust off His CV and heading back to. To his old pastor, so he's all pastors. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. You took the
0: words right yeah, out of my mouth. Uh, we know that Noel O'Connor is still very close to some Wexford uh, sources down there. Uh, Noel, has there been any contact on on that side of things?
1: Absolutely not. And if there was, you'd be the first to know, Adrian.
0: Yeah, we could have had two O'Connors on the southeast, but uh, anyway, it doesn't 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 seem to work out that way anyway. Um, from what we know, uh, Noel, t- t- when Tom when I was talking to Tommy about Brian O'Sullivan's departure. Uh, he said, you know, it, it was vital for treaty in more ways than one. He said, you know, he's obviously set up the team in a defensive way. He, he obviously had to do that anyway, try and get them organised early on. But he also said getting those first couple of results was vital just to build relief, or sorry, belief uh, in, in and relief, I suppose. But also, Wexford were just the odd goal out in their opening two to three games. It could have been all so different. It just shows you how close it can be in this division.
1: Yeah, and that's what we speak about all the time, the... The momentum, you get a bit of momentum and a few breaks go your way and you get a few points and it builds the belief. And that's exactly what it is. So um, I think there is a body of work down there. I, I, I don't think I thought myself, even though they did play well in some games, that they do look a bit wide open. And, you know, when you know you're going to be down there and scrapping for every point, I think, you know, you need to cut your claw to such be a bit more compact, you know, maybe play a bit more direct and uh, just try and work and keeping a clean sheet and, and start to get a result. And, you know, if you can get a couple of draws, you know, you're not too far away from turning one of them into a win. But, you know, if you're losing by two and three and four goals, it's very, very hard to build that uh, momentum.
0: Hmm, I wonder, is that kind of an introduction to a, a come and get me plea uh, for experts and defensive organisation? But anyway, um, they... To, Lowell, just to actually stick with yourself for a minute because I was talking to a couple of people that were, you know, were are involved in the media, and they said it just has a, a stink of that maybe the, the first division now, particularly this season, has moved on and and so in some ways left Wexford behind. Do you think that is a, a harsh statement?
1: I don't think so. I think I thought that the first division was going to be extremely competitive this year, and it it is one of the strongest ones. I think. You know, for a good few years, uh, I would have said that at, at the start of the season. Now, I know some teams kind of didn't play as well as we thought they could. But look, it's still very early. It's, it's very early doors. But I do think it's a really, really strong division overall and very, very competitive. And there's certainly been a lot weaker ones in the last few years than than this year's one.
0: Yeah, certainly. And now we get to the, the fun part of the show where we go for a few predictions and we always start with 3D United. So, Jason, 3D United at loan, score prediction?
2: Um, 2-1 home win, Adrian. Yes,
0: I hope we have better luck this week, Jason, with that prediction anyway. But um, we'll see now if Noel O'Connor, who is quite smug, will have the same attitude uh, after after next week. What What do
1: you go for, Noel? Yeah, I go for a one-all draw. One-all draw.
0: He's, 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 uh, his belief in that loan is rising, it seems, with, with, with the weeks going by. Uh, just a, a quick overview as well of uh fixtures. I'll put a fixture each to one of you, obviously, as, as every week. Uh, Jason, to start off with yourself, you've got Bray Wanderers hosting Cabin at the Carlisle Grounds. What way do you see this going?
2: That's going to be a difficult one to call, Adrian. It really is. And, and I suppose, look, when Bray are involved, there's a very, very high chance of a draw. Um, do you know, they've only won one, but they've drawn five of their seven games. So I'd bank on a draw there again.
0: Yeah, it's actually interesting because you know, Kevin Teeley have really gone under the radar uh with the amount of wins they've picked up uh so far this season.
2: I think it'd be if you look at Kevin Teeley, I suppose and we're still waiting to to get confirmation, are we that, that Galway are gonna to get to three points from from that fixture, do you know, but Morning, Kevin Tealy are sitting in fourth and, and and a very good start to the season. What Kevin yes. Tealy are doing is what Bray are doing, and Kevin Tealy are drawing games. They've won four, you know, mm. and there's a lot to be said for that. But I think Bray will 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 keep into a draw. Yeah, and then you've got UCD have a, a
0: second home game in a week. You no, know, they're they're hosting Cork City uh, this Friday, and they'll be going in banging confidence, top of the league again we said at the start of the season that this this team this club sorry just go under the radar and since every year you know they're 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 bright and they're up towards the top end of the division but it's going to be certainly a tough test for cork now
1: i think it will be now and you know they would have obviously been buoyed up a little bit by, by their win but look at that uct team last week if they're if they're on form and what i've seen of cork so far it's it's hard to look beyond the ucd victory
0: yeah, certainly agree with you there. And a managerless, Wexford, Jason, go to Galway to play Galway United. Galway still haven't hit any heights that we were expecting yet. Uh, you know, the, there will be a tinge of pressure there on, in the and, and Galway can't leave that get into their performance because they absolutely have to win now.
2: They do after last week, you know, Gary Shaw, last couple of minutes, got the winner for Bray. I'm sure that's very, very disappointing for John Coffey, but... There should be no issue there, there should be a home win. And if it isn't, there'll be big, big investigations in well.
0: Yeah, certainly. We won't go as far as managerial casualties, yet, but uh, we, we we might not be too far off it again in, in a couple of weeks with, with certain clubs. Uh, you've got Cove Ramblers uh, playing Saturday night, and all uh, hosting Shelburne. Fair to say, you know, as you said, there, there was a bucket of chances for Shelburne against that loan. Uh I have to say myself, I, I find it hard to see past uh, a Shelburne win this one. They, they do look a, a very strong outfit. Uh, what's your own prediction?
1: Yeah, I'm mean, inclined to agree, but, and I would expect Shelburne to win that. You know, although in fairness to Cove, they've been they've been playing quite, quite well. Obviously, they were hit with a late goal, was it, last week. Um, I thought they were well beaten by Galway, you know, the, in the previous match, and I would expect Shelburne to get the three points there.
0: Yeah, and, and a final note before before we finish up the show, Jason, obviously there's big news in, in the local junior scene about uh, the cancellation, which was confirmed last night by the LDMC, the cancellation of the Limerick District League junior soccer season. There seems to be a lot of outrage um, on social media platforms from, from representatives of clubs. I know sometimes social media isn't really the place, to be honest with you, to, to vent that anger. It uh, never gets anyone anywhere, in my opinion. But... The, it, it, you know, I think the biggest complaint is that maybe the lack of transparency coming from uh, coming two clubs from the, the committee. Uh, are you disappointed obviously in your position as manager of Jamesford to see the, the season canceled?
2: Oh yeah, Adrian, very much so. And, and speaking to the club before the email back, the league they asked me for my opinion and, and I said, listen, I'm surprised you're even asking players I been without football for the last seven months they're all mad to get back on the pitch as are the coaches. We got the government guidelines, competitive, um, full contact training allowed this week, uh, full contact matches, 7th of June. So everyone was hopeful, including myself, that we get back on the pitch and and finish what we started. But it is disappointing. I'm sure the LDMC have their reasons, but I suppose they came out a couple of months ago, Adrian, and said that the priority was to finish the league. you know? So... I suppose when you hear that and then you see the communication coming out that the kind of decision was made before asking the clubs was, was my reading of it, if maybe I'm wrong. So that's where the clubs' frustrations are, are coming out of. But I suppose, listen, clubs elect committee members onto leagues to run the league on behalf of the clubs. And and I think that's that's the point to remember here. So I suppose when this season is finished and, and closed, clubs will... We'll have a thinker. Uh, uh, is the league best serving their, their needs, I suppose, you know, and we'll see where it goes from there. But from a football point of view, very, very disappointed. Yeah, and, and you're not the only one in there. And
0: after this podcast, I might have to give Declan O'Sullivan a ring and tell him that I'm not uh, trying to tout out his managers to his manager to League of Ireland Clubs uh, at Jamesborough. But um, yeah, I know it's a, it's been great chatting to, to you lads again uh, this week. Uh, obviously, Hopefully that 3 United can bounce back first and foremost uh, with, with a victory or a positive result, which we could say is a draw in this case as well. Um, thank you very much for your insights and we'll be back again this time next week, hopefully. Thank you.